Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome back to the Places Where We Go podcast. It's a new episode with a new destination. Today, we're going to start a series that's going to take you around the state of Wyoming, literally around the entire perimeter of the state. Each corner, pretty much. Yep. When you think of the great American road trip, one state comes to mind, Wyoming. From its majestic mountain ranges and vast open spaces to its rich cowboy culture and iconic national parks, Wyoming offers some of the best sights and experiences in the United States. Whether you're looking for outdoor adventure or cultural attractions, Wyoming offers so much, and we're going to take you through a few reasons why you might want to plan a Wyoming road trip. Well, first and foremost, I would think, are there beautiful national parks. So let's talk about those in the Wyoming road trip that we took. If you're a fan of the national park system, you will find places in every corner of this state. It is the home of two of the most popular national parks in the country, Yellowstone and Grand Teton, and we visited both. A trip to either park is sure to be an unforgettable experience, as I know it was for us. It was amazing. Yellowstone is known for its geothermal features like Old Faithful, while Grand Teton offers stunning views with these beautiful, jagged mountains and these lush valleys and lakes everywhere and beautiful rivers. It's just, it's gorgeous. And both parks offer plenty of opportunities for hiking, camping, and lots of wildlife viewing. And no trip to Wyoming would be complete without sampling some of its unique cowboy culture. From rodeos to saloons, there's something for everyone in this Wild West paradise. Among the things you can do when you visit Wyoming is take in a live rodeo show if you're there for Cheyenne Frontier Days. Or I know when we were traveling through Cody, there's rodeos that happen there as well. Now, you've never been to a rodeo. I have not ever been. I have. I know. I need to go. And that's something that I missed when we were in Wyoming. But just setting the stage for what the state offers, that is one of the experiences that people can have there. Yeah, and they are fun. They're lots of fun. And we'll also, in this series, we'll take you to Jackson Hole, which is the ultimate destination for those looking for a taste of authentic Western life. If you're looking for wide open spaces with breathtaking views, then Wyoming has it all. From rolling hills and sweeping plains to towering mountains, there is no shortage of scenic vistas here. Plus, if you look closely enough, you can even spot some wildlife along the way. It is home to elk, bison, deer, moose, wolves, and much, much more. Wyoming is one of America's most diverse wildlife habitats. So why did we go? Why did we go? Well, we love to travel, first of all, and we love national parks. 
So our two biggest draws were the Grand Teton National Park and Yellowstone. They have great reputations, and we had not visited either one of those yet. Right. Between the two of us, n- neither one of us had visited these parks. Yeah, at the time of this trip. Mm-hmm. And when we were planning the trip, I remember looking in the National Park Passport book and noticed that there was National Park System-related sites on all corners of the state. So with this trip to Grand Teton and Yellowstone, we decided to turn it into a mega Wyoming road trip and hit a whole bunch of places. And it's going to take us a few episodes to hit every place that we went. But as we get through this episode series, hopefully we'll give you a chance to understand the things you can do in Wyoming connected to the national park system that even go beyond Grand Teton and Yellowstone. Those mm-hmm. are the two places I think that everybody is familiar with. Mm-hmm. So planning a trip to Wyoming will create an adventure that's going to leave you with lasting memories. We developed a 14-day itinerary, and we're going to take you through all of that. Now, before you take off, one of the things you'll want to do is research the best airport to fly into, mm-hmm. assuming that you're going to be coming into Wyoming from another part of the country, which is probably most of us. You're going to have to think about the number of days you'd like to stay and all of the national parks and sites you'd like to explore. And that's going to help you develop your itinerary. Again, we'll take you through ours. As far as airports go, some people fly directly into Jackson Hole Airport. We opted for Salt Lake City because our first stop on our Wyoming road trip was going to be in the southwest corner of Wyoming. And landing in Salt Lake would also, well, that was going to give you, Julie, a chance mm-hmm. to visit your brother who was living just 30 minutes north of right. Salt Lake City. So we took advantage of that. But even if you don't have a brother or family members living in Salt Lake City, it could also be a good destination for an airport because it is a large airport. Mm-hmm. And as you'll hear in, I believe it's this episode too, our first stop in Wyoming is within a reasonable driving distance of Salt Lake. To help make your trip planning research more efficient, TripAdvisor provides great ratings and reviews that can help you narrow down activities and attractions by location. We use that to plan our itinerary. And of course, you know, a visit to Wyoming would be incomplete without a visit to Grand Teton National Park and Yellowstone. We'll have individual episodes on both of those. And the last pieces of the puzzle for planning your trip is going to be reserving a rental car, assuming you're going to need one of those, and then booking lodging. And then determining where you're going to visit and each location, how many days and how many nights. So here's a high-level view of our itinerary. And this is going to be the basis of upcoming podcasts. So we had one day in Park City, Utah, and that was followed by a trip to Fossil Butte National Monument. So that's in Wyoming. And that was our first stop in the state of Wyoming. Mm -hmm. We then did the Grand Tetons. We reserved three days to visit there. Yellowstone. Now, this was a bit of a conundrum because when we were doing our research on Yellowstone... We realized the place was so massive. That's huge. And we heard recommendations from some folks that we listened to that it may make sense to split up your stay at Yellowstone to different parts of Yellowstone. So we spent two days on the west side of Yellowstone. Then we moved ourselves kind of in the middle of the park, spent two days very close to Old Faithful. Yeah, in the lodge area there. Yep. Yep. We spent one day 
at East Yellowstone. So five days total to explore Yellowstone National Park. And didn't see it all. Oh, no. Did not see it all. There was yeah, so much more. Parts of the North, we yeah. didn't get a chance. Yeah, it's enormous, mm-hmm. but we saw so much and it yeah. was magnificent. After Yellowstone, we took a day to visit Devil's Tower, and that's in the northeast corner of the state. And then we kind of colored out of the, the lines, if you would, a little bit. We crossed the border into South Dakota and visited Mount Rushmore. And I think that same day, we then went back into Wyoming to the southeast corner of the state to visit Fort Laramie, also part of the national park system, and then finally returning to Salt Lake. So that's 14 days of travel. So lots to take you through. So we hope you're going to stay with us on this Wyoming series. And we're going to start with our arrival in Salt Lake City. So some quick highlights on Salt Lake City. We did fly out of LAX. It was a two-hour flight time. And when we got to Salt Lake City, we had arranged a rental car, and we drove about 45 minutes from the airport to Park City. When we got to Park City, since we are fans of certain libations, we scheduled a tour for High West Distillery in nearby Park City, And it was the perfect way to start our amazing trip. It was a wonderful distillery. I was very impressed by it. And it is the only distillery in the world that has a ski-in destination. You can ski straight to the distillery. right up to it. It's amazing. And it also has what they call a gastro saloon. We started at the parking lot and they shuttled us up to the facility. I don't there was not a lot of parking up there, so they had parking down below. So it was nice to get shuttled up and we enjoyed the very cozy atmosphere in the saloon and the knowledge that the people provided us on a tour guide that we took. High West is known for several whiskeys, including Rendezvous Rye, Campfire Blend, and American Prairie Bourbon. We had a really fun and very informative tour. We got to see how they create a variety of whiskeys and we learned about their recipes and the local ingredients that they use in each one of their whiskeys. And we learned a few things during the visit. Whiskey was the West's multi-purpose elixir. They used it as an antiseptic, as an anesthetic, and even medium of exchange holding high value in the West. It was a bartering system yep. of whiskey, huh? I place a high value on good whiskey, too. Yes, you so do. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. In 1861, Mark Twain sampled Valley Tan, the local whiskey, calling it the exclusive Mormon refresher made of fire and brimstone. Salt Lake City's Main Street held so many saloons, liquor stores, and houses of ill repute that served the many miners of the state that it was dubbed Whiskey Street. Yeah, when we learned that, that actually was news to me because I have a certain stereotype in my mind of Utah that is like the complete opposite of that. So learning about... Yeah, before the Mormons got there, it was the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump forward to 1933 when Utah lawmakers carefully orchestrated their role to be the 36th state to cast the crucial vote Ended Prohibition. Yay, Utah. Yeah, again, another surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. They determined that no other state shall take 
this glory away from Utah. So whiskey was very big in Utah. Yes. Thank you, Utah, for helping to end Prohibition. So we ended our tour, and at the end of it, we we sat in the saloon area, and we savored a tasting of different whiskeys from three different uh, types of whiskeys, mm-hmm. which was fun. That was really nice. Yeah. Very so, relaxing, yep, very fun. Enjoyed that visit. Mm-hmm. So it has absolutely nothing to do with visiting Wyoming other than if you fly into Salt Lake City, it's something to do when you're in the area. Right, so right. So hopefully that's helpful to you. And if you do go to Park City... There are a few more things that you can do there. There's a historic downtown in Park City Main Street Historic District. You can stroll through historic buildings, shop featured stores and galleries, or even attend music and art festivals. And one of Park City's must-see attractions is the Park City Museum, where you can learn about Park City's silver mining and ski history, both unique to Park City, You can even ride on one of the world's longest alpine coasters. And that would be a fun way to spend an afternoon in Park City, Utah. One of the great places in Park City, Utah is where we stayed, where we had our lodgings at. And we had originally booked a hotel in Park City, but you, I think, revisited that and reviewed it. And you seemed a little upset about its reviews at that point. Yeah, so what I usually do, and I don't know why I didn't catch this the first time when I booked the first place, but I'll go on TripAdvisor and I'll look at the one-star reviews just to see if there's anything sketchy, bed bugs, dirty sheets, (laughs) icky things. And I don't know what it was, but whatever place I had reserved, there there was some review issues that caught my attention that made me say, ew, let's find someplace else. Mm-hmm. So, so you I, changed it to a m- wonderful place called the Stein Erickson Lodge, which is a ski resort in the area, which was a fantastic decision because we had gotten into and checked into this lodge and it it was just so luxurious. Yeah. And it was so, it had a theme to it, it had this Norwegian theme to it. So it's like this Norwegian theme ski lodge. But it was so comfortable, but it had such elegance to it at the same time. And the customer service like that they had Amazing. there was incredibly attentive. And over the years, you and I have traveled so many places. And when I was working, I've done so many trips with my company. When I think about all the, all the places I've ever stayed at, this was one of the best lodgings I've ever experienced. Yeah. It, was, it was just first rate all yeah. around. So it, I mean, it's... On top of a mountainside, it's near the Deer Valley Resort where you can go skiing. And it just has so many amenities to it. And the customer service is just fabulous. Yes. It was absolutely beautiful. Comfortable beds. It was one of the best hotels we'd ever stayed in. So I think the moral of the story there is if you find yourself in Park City and if you're looking for a place to stay, we give two big, big thumbs up to Stein Erickson Lodge. The last place that we visited in Utah before we crossed the border into Wyoming was Ogden, Utah and its historic 25th Street District. Now, we do have a prior episode on the podcast where we focused on Salt Lake City. During that episode, we did a deeper dive of things you can do in Salt Lake. So if you're interested in Salt Lake City, we have a standalone episode you can find in the archives and listen to that. But we, uh, again, stopped here. You wanted to see your brother. We had lunch 
one afternoon and later that afternoon into early evening, we went to historic 25th Street near Salt Lake City. And this is a place with a history spanning the rough and tumble early frontier days through an era of debauchery and decadence. Today, it's a stop for tourists. The street's colorful past includes tales of brothels and bootleggers, again, kind of going against the uh, modern stereotype of Utah. The advent of the Transcontinental Railroad built 25th Street and its hotels, bars, and shops. Today, it's a great place that's home to brew pubs, restaurants, art galleries, and independently owned shops. And some say what Bourbon Street is to New Orleans, historic 25th Street is to Ogden, Utah. So it's a place you don't want to miss if you're in the area. And with that... Let's, let's move on to Wyoming. Let's go to Wyoming. Let's go to there. Here we go. So on our first stop in Wyoming, it would be a place called Fossil Butte National Monument. It's just a, a two-hour drive from Salt Lake City area. Fossil Butte National Monument is an adventurer's dream come true in Kemmerer, Wyoming. If you're looking for fossils, that is absolutely the place to be. So it is an area where they have found hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fossils, and they're still finding them to this day. It's one of the largest deposits of freshwater fish fossils and has been called the America's Aquarium in Stone. They have fossilized fishes, insects, plants, reptiles, birds, mammals, and they're all remarkably preserved. And they tell a tale of the ancient life in the warm, wet environment in and around this freshwater lake. Doesn't look that way today. No, no. no. There is no lake, just fossils. Uh, There could be water underground, but there's nothing to be seen Mm -hmm. on top. But there is a visitor center and a museum that showcases nearly 300 fossils that have already been discovered at the monument. So you can get an idea of what's hiding beneath your feet as you're walking through this area. The fish wall, which I loved, it took, I took a lot of time looking at that wall, displayed 14 of 27 fish species that have been identified from Fossil Lake. All of the fossils in the exhibit are originals and include 45 specimens. The museum does have an educational program available in which visitors can learn about the fossils and especially the fossils found around Fossil Butte. We got our National Park passport stamp there. One of many in Wyoming. And did a lot of wandering on the outside. Yep. So it was fun. Yeah. So if you're looking for outdoor activity, there's four miles of maintained hiking trails at the monument where you can explore the natural wonders in the area. Just be aware, though, that at the monument, fossils themselves are not visible from any of the trails here. And they say to be cautious hiking at Fossil Butte National Monument because this park is located between 6,600 and 8,000 feet. So you have high elevation and it is a desert ecosystem. When the sun is out, you can get sunburned and dehydrated more easily than at lower elevations. And the air is much thinner there, which can also put a strain on you when you're hiking. So we went on a hike of the historic Quarry Trail. It was a 2.5-mile loop. Absolutely beautiful landscape, vast open vistas. The trail is rated as moderately strenuous. There is no shade. 
And even though the landscape looks dry, there are hidden streams and ponds which, depending on time of year, can attract lots of mosquitoes during the summer months. We didn't have that problem when we visited there, but apparently it's a thing that is a concern. Recommendations are pack your sunscreen, a hat, buck spray, plenty of water. One of the destinations on the hike is a shack that was built by a gentleman called David Haddenham. He's a guy who used to make a living quite a while ago out of collecting fossils in the area. And on the top of the hill, there's a very tiny A-frame shack, long since deserted. Inside, there had been a handmade stove that Mr. Haddenham used for cooking and heating. When he was doing his fossil hunting, he would also operate a small gas station out on Highway 30 at the base of Fossil Butte. Customers were few, so he spent his empty days preparing for sale the fossil slabs he collected during the summer months. And when we were out on this trail, and I don't know maybe if even the elevation thing was had something to do with it, and this was the beginning of our trip, I was walking slow. Yeah, I, and you finally told me why. I had a bug. You were viral. I was viral. That's no way to start a vacation. No. Yeah, so that was a concern for me. I do think there was a point where I was pretty sure you had a fever yeah. along with this. So it was a concern. But we were already out on the trail. Yep. And it was either hike back or finish the loop. So I just went slow, slow yeah. and steady. <laughs> Try to enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, because you just went slow yeah. and steady. I mean, but and I was starting to get, I think, a little bit concerned about what was this going to mean for the upcoming days. So we'll get into that on oh, yes. next episode. Yes, yes, but yes. That's a little start. Mm-hmm. Before we leave Fossil Butte, one other thing to know is if you are traveling to the area and if you want to look for fossils, there are a few companies, I guess I'll call them, in the area that do cater to fossil hunting. So there's a place called Warfield Fossils where you can experience what they call fossil safari. Uh, So if you want to hunt for fossils, they provide the tools, they provide a basic guided lesson to help you with a successful fossil hunt. So if you have the time in in Kemmerer, you can spend part of the morning at the monument and then go visit one of these places and hunt for fossils. And I imagine like if you have kids, that could be a really fun activity to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to the end of that day, and we moved on to our next lodging, which was in Afton, Wyoming. We got back to the car and drove for about 90 minutes until we reached our destination, and we would stop there for the night. We made our way into town, and we passed under the world's largest Elkhorn Arch. It is an absolute must-stop for pictures if you are going to be in Afton. It was quite impressive. We stayed at Kodiak Mountain Resort in Afton, and we were very pleasantly surprised at uh, these accommodations. They're located right off the highway, and this is a place that offers a group of small individual cabins. They're individual, so you don't have a a wall-sharing situation. Mm Our room was immaculately clean, and it was very well done. It had a small kitchenette in it. It had a fireplace. Wish we could have stayed there for more than one night, actually. We would use these amenities that we had there. But we were only staying for one night, so we made ourselves comfortable. It looks like it's a facility that was 
pretty much built when we got there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's relatively new, it looks. They had a king-size bed. The king-size bed was extremely comfortable. It was just a really nice place. Yeah. And it actually had um, streaming service in it. Roku, I believe. Yes. And it was just nice. It had nice yeah. showers. It had a separate bathtub. It was someplace that you could stay more than one night at. Yeah, so we wanted to get ourselves at least a little closer to Grand Teton, which would be our destination the following day. So that was a nice stop between Fossil Butte, where there really isn't a good choice of lodging in that area. And so Afton delivered for us. And if you do make your way to Afton, which is one of the cities you might pass through on your way to Grand Teton, an additional stop you can consider is the world's largest intermittent spring. It's one of only three springs of its kind in the world that start and stop every few minutes for a reason that science can only speculate on. One of the other intermittent springs in the world, you'd have to make your way to Jerusalem. It's the Gihon Spring. So you can see one of these in the States. It's in Wyoming. The water at the spring site is set to flow for 18 minutes straight before it stops for another 18 minutes. Sometimes there's some variation in the times, but it kind of you know goes on and off like that. The intermittent spring is most active in late summer. So if you're looking for an interval in which to visit it, summer would be uh, a good time to do so. And with that, Julie, let's uh, hit some of our fun facts on Wyoming. In 1869, Wyoming made history by being the first place in the U.S. to allow women to vote and hold office. One of the most important Wyoming history facts is that it boasts the first woman governor. Her name was Nellie Ross, and she led the state from 1925 to 1927. If you visit the state of Wyoming, you're going to want to make sure you don't break any laws. The strangest law bans the wearing of hats large enough to obstruct someone's view at a theater or show. While it's unlikely that the law is enforced, it is on the books, so it's better to be safe than sorry and leave your 10-gallon hat at home. You might be surprised to learn that it is the least populous state in the country. The two largest cities, Cheyenne and Casper, have 65,000 and nearly 59,000 people, respectively. When you do the math, Wyoming's population density is less than six people per square mile. After Alaska, it is the second least densely populated state in the USA. We did a lot of driving to Wyoming <laughs> yep. without seeing anybody for miles oh, and miles like it went and on miles. Yeah. And on and on and yeah. on. And you really should also be very aware of your gas tank levels when you're driving yeah, in Wyoming. Yeah, we will get into that at, at mm-hmm. some point too. So here's another fun one. In the entire state of Wyoming, there are only two escalators. If you visit Wyoming, be prepared to take the stairs. Because escalators are not a thing there. Stairs are good. Yeah. We, we usually always take stairs yeah. when there's even an escalator available to us. So. Yeah. yeah. Or an elevator. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Almost half the state is federally owned. Reports are varied, but between 46% and 48.4% of Wyoming land is federal. So that's our intro to Wyoming. We have lots coming up. We're going to take you in upcoming episodes to Grand Teton, to Yellowstone, to Devil's Tower, and more. So we hope you stay with us through this upcoming series. 
and um, it's, it was just a phenomenal state for people who love the outdoors, the national park system. It offers a lot. So more to come on the podcast. If you get to Fossil Butte or other sites in Wyoming, after listening to this podcast series, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a note at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. We hope this episode is helpful to you if you're thinking about planning a trip to Wyoming. And if you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts, and you can catch our future episodes. And if you leave us a review, we'd absolutely appreciate that as well. And it's free to do so. We hope you join us on our next episode as we continue our epic Wyoming journey through America's cowboy state. See you next time. Bye for now. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.